And hello everyone, welcome back to Top of the Card, the five-person wrestling podcast about wrestling. Uh, this is this is Dynamite Night as always, it's May 4th, just so you know when we're recording this, and there's stuff happening, but uh, we'll get into the past a little bit as we go here. This is again Top of the Card pod on Twitter, Top of the Card, wherever you get your podcasts, on Spotify, on Apple, and all that fun stuff. I am one of your co-hosts, Scott. Joining me is Red. Red, how are you today? I'm good. I uh, I've had a long day helping my in-law, but I'm good to go for tonight. Long day, like moving and stuff, or been up since five, uh, and then you're always up early on podcast day. What's what's up with that? <laughs> well, I go to work at six, so I'm used to waking up at five. Oh. It's just on my days off. It's still five. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Beer me. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, except uh, for the fact that it's allergy season, so my sinuses and eyeballs are dry. But other than that, I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Doing all right. Uh, kind of same. It's springtime here in my part of Ontario, and it's uh, it's not that great. It's not exactly allergy season for me. I don't suffer from this as much, but it's very, very dry, and it's kind of messy. So not too fun, not too fun. Let's go positive. CT, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thankfully, not dealing with allergies, which I normally deal with quite a bit. Um, but no, got home from work. Excited to, you know, be on the podcast. Feels like it's been forever. You know, two weeks, as always, which is a good way to say this is a two-week podcast every other week. You'll keep that in mind, everybody, when you're watching and listening to this, because uh, it's a little later when we get these uploaded. But it makes sense, like I said, to date it, and you'll know what's what and how recent stuff is. And yeah, it's Dynamite Night. So stuff could happen during, like, you know, big cast. <clears throat> stuff happens. But GMSG, you're here as well. we got to get through all five. How are you doing today? Uh, I almost had a scare of not being on the show today because the Transformer outside my uh, sister's house blew up last night. So that was fun. May the 4th be with everyone. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> give it a date. Joke and everything. Good, though. Ready to talk wrestling? Well, let's let's jump in. The last stuff we really talked about was coming up was... I think Rebellion was coming up, Bear Me. We were talking about that, and you kind of gave us a rundown of the card, what we're looking forward to. And I think the consensus overall was Josh Alexander versus Moose. We were very, very, very hyped for. And, I mean, spoilers, it's been a couple weeks now, but Josh Alexander is world champion. That is awesome. Very happy about that. It's pretty great. Super pumped. It was a great match. It uh, kicked into second gear, I think, about 15, 20 minutes in. But unlike in the Young Bucks way, which I got to get that dig in, it felt natural because it just it just became not quite personal because it started personal, but it just was obvious like these guys have more to go and it's going to get violent. And it was pretty great. I love that match. But uh, I got to say the funny part, this goes even over to uh, our, our Frontline Prediction League, which I'll promote right away off the bat here. Frontline League over on Twitter, Frontline Prediction League on YouTube. Um, at one point, I put in picks for Steve Macklin to win that triple threat, and I put six points on it, and CT actually messaged me saying, did you mean to do that? And I did. Uh, and I was right! CT, yeah, Macklin won. He beat White and Young. That is not what you had predicted, is it? It is not, and hey, good on you. Good on you. <laughs> now, uh, I think during that match I mentioned to you as well, because it was that match and his match with Saban that I keep raving about. And this is probably three podcasts in a row that I raved about it. But Jay White is very, very good. Now, I know some people would be like, duh, of course. But it just never really rang true until watching some of these recent ones. He's damn he's good. Really, 
he's gotten really good. I also was not like a fan when he first debuted. I don't remember his ROH stuff, but when he first debuted in New Japan, I was not a fan. But recently he's been like, like by recently, I mean the past like four years, let's say, <laughs> has been really good. Like he is great. That's like his world title win time frame, right? Like from then? Yeah, around there. Yeah. Now his, his title win caught a lot of people off guard. I do remember that. This is a big divergent to, from our, our topic here. But it reminded me like when Evil won later, it's like, really him? He hasn't exactly risen no. to that. But Jay White was like, really? Him? Oh, now it's like, oh, I see. <laughs> kind of makes sense when you look at it now, right? When he's about to win the title again, so, yeah. Do you think he's winning? That's a Dominion, right? June 12th? June 12th, yeah. And when Okada. I, th- I think he is, but we'll see. Does that mean Jay White in AEW at Forbidden Door? You know, AEW's pay-per-view for Tony Khan. Huh. Yeah, I mean, we, we can see the one, one reason I could see Okada winning is uh, getting Okada versus Punk as champ versus champ. Mm-hmm. But I assume Jay White will be there. It'd be very strange if he wasn't. Yeah, he's been in America for a while with Impact stuff, and it makes sense over there. Now, any anyone else want to really dive into Rebellion stuff as far as for the matches? Because I think for the most part, it was a good show. That tag match sucked. I don't know how you can have a match with 16 people in it and it can drag that long, but oh my god, it was just backwards, up and down. But anybody want to jump in with some thoughts on the show, GMST? Easy Jonah was awesome. It was. That brain buster was insane. I can't believe he hit that. <laughs> Red, what about you? I mean, my only complaint was me thinking too hard about it. I, I did, did great. I predicted, like... 95% of the card right and then changed 80 of that mm-hmm. so uh, other than that no it was a great show and you you're, was it 16 t- uh, 8 tag team champions whatever started off hot like it started off with the real players or the the major players Matt Card- Card- yeah, major Cardona players Myers. yeah and then uh, Big Cass and Jordan Grace that one and it was great. Started off really strong, and then we got the Good Brothers, and it sucked for about four tag teams, and it picked kind of back up. But that killed the whole night for me. Like it was building, 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 and it just shut down. Luckily, Alexander pulled it up at the end. I mean, having his kid come out was fucking great. But other yeah. than that, uh, it was it was a decent show. Yeah, somehow Good Brothers were the ones doing the, you know, almost face in peril slot like the Creed Brothers just did. Like, can these guys last? Can they do it? Then they got screwed over and we're supposed to feel sorry or bad for them? Like, no, nobody does. That's not the way to go. And they somehow made it where Rich Swan and Willie Mack were dull. <laughs> Look at this. That's how much they stank up the joint. I really, I'm, I was astonished by that. Uh, but bear me, what were your thoughts on it? I really, I really like the show. Like um, you guys are saying, with Alexander winning that match ruled. Uh, like I'm glad that Steve Macklin won. I know that they're. I, I think Impact's really high on him, and I'm pretty sure he'll be a champ within like probably the next year. But uh, I think one of the big things tonight was Ace Austin winning the X Division title, and hopefully this um, goes to ascending his push to eventually becoming world champion because they start and stop his push a lot, especially when he gets the X Division title. I kind of hope they just build it, build it, and build it, and eventually we get Ace versus Josh. Maybe a Bound for Glory or something. I think that would be really dope. But overall, I thought it was a really good show. Uh, Deanna versus Taya was really good, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was, overall, it was it, Impact puts on solid pay-per-views, and I really hope people start watching Impact. It's actually really good. So. 
Yeah, that X Division triple threat, I really liked as well because it came after the Macklin White Young triple threat. And they actually played off the idea because Macklin stole it. White hit his finisher on Saban and then Macklin threw him out and pinned Saban. They played on that during the X Division triple threat, which was extra great because it, it shows that the idea like they're watching, they're paying attention, they're not going to do the same thing over again, like multiple tombstones on chairs or belt shots, things like that. Like it's, yeah, it's an AEW knock, but that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That kind of stuff where one is accounted for with the other and it makes sense and you, you're paying attention just like they are. It, you treat your audience with respect when you do that kind of stuff, and I like that. And the, the, the Ace Austin stuff, the whole history there was he'd lost the X Division title at the prior two rebellions. So him winning it here was kind of a fun thing, but I know, GMSG, you were not happy about Ace getting the third title. Like, him getting it is, is one thing. Like, him being a champion is cool, but he's well beyond that. You're, you'll agree as well, right? Well, yeah, and, like, we had this feud two years ago with these two guys with Trey and him. Like, there was no reason for him to win this time. And, I mean, three years in a row, Rebellions had him with the championship match. Like, mm-hmm. move on to something else. He was in the World Tell shot a year ago after the Tessa issue, and then, oh, nope, he's back to the mid-card, didn't get a tag title reign with Fullen when he should have. I, I just don't like it. I think he is the obvious choice for a feud for Josh, and option C is always there. We can hope for that. Slammiversary could even be something. I don't know, but he's exhibition champion, and he's going to make a run with it. Maybe even overseas. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but I think Under Siege, the next one, which is actually this freaking weekend, their next little live show. Um, I say little live show. It's on fight. It's got the Briscoes going after the tag titles. And it's also got Josh Alexander defending the world title against Tomohiro Ishii. That already sounds awesome to me. Uh, CT, is Ishii going to win? <laughs> you know, I can't imagine he will. No. Um, but I, I would but... be okay with it. Though I do love Josh as champ. But, like, you know, I wouldn't hate it. No, no. But it's going to be great. Like, that's, that's going to be an awesome match. And damn boys, Jimmy G, I know you're big Briscoes fans as well. They're they're going to take the titles, right? Right? Maybe? I don't know. I mean, we know why they weren't at the pay-per-view, because they were doing yeah. the high-incident match falling off scaffolding in Detroit the night prior. <laughs> or the same night. So, yeah, that, ma- that kind of makes sense. But now they come in, they, they got they to gotta win it. They got to. They might win them and then lose them in like two months because I don't know if they're going to sign full contracts or anything. So we'll see. Yeah, Impact does so. like to pop a, a thing like that. So I could see them winning it. But yeah, it should, should be interesting to see that. But uh, no, Impact, we, we keep saying it. I know Baramie said it. They put on good shows. I don't watch their TV enough, but I don't watch anybody's TV enough. So I'll say it like that. But I do like what they're doing. I like the, the long-term stuff generally. They've had some bumps. They've had some hits and misses. But... They're pretty consistent overall with actually delivering something that I like. And then when they stink something up, they really stink it up hard. But they, they've been around 20 years. They managed to work it out and figure it out. It's fine. Um, that's a horrible segue into things that aren't still around. Because, yeah, there was more releases. I know. I know. Grown. Bad segue. Uh, it's also... I, so, go ahead. Say it. <laughs> it was bad. Bad taste. But... The idea that the releases, they weren't quite as staggering as some prior ones. And I will always argue like the Bray Wyatt's or the Braun Strowman's or the Keith Lee's. Like there's some ridiculous ones where it's like, really? That guy? They can go choose their narrative and whatever happens, happens. This is what we got. But Dexter Loomis did shock me on, on this. I'll just list the names here and then you guys can jump in. 
But Dexter Loomis did kind of shock me a bit. I know CT, we and I talked about it before. I thought he'd be good on the main roster. You're thinking it was limited. But I'll turn it over to you in a second. But I still thought there was potential here untapped for that. And he's obviously a victim of the black and gold, the 2.0, if you want to call it that, like a lot of the guys were from that time frame. But Dakota Kai blows my mind because she was main roster ready years ago. And the fact that they got rid of her, they got rid of Tegan Knox before her and, and ones like that, it's like, the women's division, it's very, very strict template aside from a few others like Shotzi and, and that. And if you're not among this certain type, it just doesn't seem to be the fit. Persia Parada can kind of fit in there as well. Malcolm Bivens is kind of crazy also, but he and Kai both said they wanted to leave. They weren't going to resign, so kind of makes sense. And Harland, the next Brock Lesnar, had like three matches and he's gone. Apparently wasn't picking it up. I don't know the specifics there, but yeah. Uh, Red, go to you here first. I know CTI teased you, but you'll come next. Red, what are your thoughts on all of these? Because uh, I know we're always talking. You were even talking about the releases, how they didn't do them on the 15th of April. That's historically the day, right? And things kind of drifted a bit, and, and here it, we are. And it came out rumor that these planned releases were actually two weeks old. So it kind of did land on April 15th. It was just go. delayed for some kind of... Uh, First quarter director's meeting or some crap mm -hmm. is what I read. Which is usually um, how that goes. The co corporate speak, that is usually what it is. They do something and then it immediately spikes for the numbers you tell the next day. Not that it's good, the, uh, but that's, yeah. <laughs> Malcolm B Bivens is going to be great. I think he's going to AEW in 30 days and he's going to pick up some faction. Hell, I'd be happy with him taking over Taz's faction. Get Taz out of there. But I think he's fine. Some of these other ones, they'll pick up work somewhere. But none of them really screened main roster based on what the main roster is right now. Dexter would have gone up there, been hot for a few minutes, and then pushed back down. Uh, Dakota Kai, there's too many women in the roster right now for them to do storylines. She would have gotten Shotzi-fied right now. Because look at Shotzi. What is she doing? Jobbing. One match in, like, I don't know how many weeks. Like, I get the main roster ready, but the problem is the main roster is not ready for them. It's so filled right now with a lot of great talent on such a small roster to keep what stories they do have. They're not sh sitting there, or they shouldn't sit there and waste their time paying these people to stay on NXT when the whole point of NXT is to see what you got. Like, you may have gotten it, but if the roster is not ready, uh, sorry, that's just timing. It's no point to keep them around. I Dakota wanted out, good for her. She'd been dragged around so long, it's about time she did something about it. She waited for her contract, and she's out. Uh, I don't know where she's going to excel because I don't see her in AEW. I think. She's going to get the Ruby treatment. Like, you see her once every three months. Of course, that's like every other female on AEW. Uh, other than that, Harlan was the biggest surprise. I guess uh, the rumors was he wasn't picking it up in ring, like his moveset. But it just felt like they weren't waiting to for him to pick it up. Like, he had the look, but he didn't have the chops. Like, um, I mean, the rumor right now, I don't know if we're going to talk about it, is the whole 90 days thing. And it's mm -hmm. one of those, like... We're going to bring you in. you got 90 days to show us what you got. I mean, some people, like I just watched an episode of Young Rock. He had six minutes to prove what he got. He had one match. you either in or you're not. Mm -hmm. These guys are getting 90 days to learn on the fly with all these veterans that are able to teach them. If you can't pick it up in 90 days and get your shit, you may be in the wrong business. And I, I don't blame WWE for keeping these people in there. And we're not going to sit there and pay you to pay you to pay you to keep learning. This isn't college. Like, this is a business. And they've got, they've got, and that's why, that's why it's all good. They've got levels of it though, like the, the new talent initiative, I think they called it and things like that, where they're going to get these people and scout them prior to signing them. 
and then do that and then teach them and then bring them up to TV. Like there's, I didn't list the three or four other names that I'm completely unfamiliar with, but there was a few more along with that. And th there is a level of like, look, he's not getting it. He's not learning. We got to cut our losses. I've done training at my job and I've been the person to say, this isn't working. We got to try something else or it's not going to happen. And then someone else makes the decision. Okay, they're gone. That, I've been part of that. It's not fun. It's not easy. But it's not for everyone. And someone has to make that call. And if, I mean, we talk about how bad some people are in the ring. If they're saying this guy's not good enough. I mean, I can't, I'm not going to trust that on some levels because they said certain people that are good enough aren't. But, ooh, it makes you wonder, right? Like, there, there could be levels to that or something going on that you don't know. But that's pure speculation on my part. Um, but yeah, the 90 days thing, that's also just like, that's a, that doesn't mean these guys have 90 days, but there's going to be happening every 90 days. So like, it doesn't mean that the next 90 days, it's going to be people that are brought in right now. It could just mean, all right, here we go. Roderick strong and whatever. Like those are the guys, you know what I mean? That I, could be what happens. I don't want to cut days. you off, but I mean, that could be the case. You said the names that you didn't know. One of them you may not know because they're a referee, but mm -hmm. three of them hadn't been on TV yet. So oh, that's happened could before. Be ninety days of people coming in right now. True, and like it, it's crazy to think of all these people that are there ready for a chance, and they're just being let go before their chance, which tells a lot. I mean, it's I, not I know cut one of, for of the people. Exactly. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but yeah, that's that's I don't no, know. No, you said ex yeah. you said what I needed to say. It's yeah, because I know because some they've they've let names go before where it's like who I don't know that name and it's like yeah they never even made TV. Oh okay. It's just, it's not ready, it's not time, it's not it. And they often say to some of these, like, you know, get your work in and we'll take another look later. Like, it's, it's just now is not the right time. It could be like that. Or for all we know, some of these guys are like, I can't do it. Like, I presume, we've all watched some level of Tough Enough at some point. It's not for everybody. And some of these people are figuring it out. Cool, you know what? You want to go home, you want to get over? No problem. We can work this out, you can do whatever else. It's fine. CT, though, I promise, here we go over to you. We always talk a lot about some of the names and the releases here. What's your thoughts on these? I really don't think that much of this is surprising. I think on two episodes ago, or maybe last episode, I talked about how there's this like vast group of people who are being built up with the old NXT, but then they switched to the new NXT, and they wanted to push the new stars, so these guys are just left in limbo, not really getting the push that they were being pushed towards and not having like a championship or, you know, having that moment made to kind of stand on. Dakota Kai was one of those people. Um, you know, this group really, I think, overall represents that group pretty well. Um, as far as the new people, if you're not picking up, you're not picking it up. There's no reason to keep you on just because you have the look. Um, I think most people probably should agree with that, considering they complain that like they are training people to be wrestlers and they think that they're bad. So then if the worst of those probably should go, um, it, it's disappointing, but I'm not necessarily shocked by any of these. If they released Roderick Strong, I would have been shocked. Um, but yeah, especially with the contract information we heard, I'm not shocked. I'm also not super sad about much of this. Like Dexter was cool in NXT. But he never really got that moment that it felt like, oh, he definitely should have got by now. Um, and his character, I just think, would have failed on the main roster because they cannot handle anything with like an amount of delicacy that you need for a creative character like that. Um, so I'm not entirely shocked by any of this, um, nor am I really upset past it. Just like, oh, yeah, it does suck when people lose their jobs. You know, not that the company's evil. They are. They have the right to do this in the contract. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of whatever, to be honest, for me. Yeah, and I know Red kind of put something similar in there with saying that the the roster isn't ready for them. And that is a way to look at it. Like, they might look and go, yeah, this character's not going to work. Or Dakota Kai is like, no, we, we don't have anything for you here. This isn't the type of product that we're putting forward. You're, you're not going to factor into any championship plans. Do you still want to do this? No? Okay. Like, that, that could be part of it, too, uh, as well, definitely. And the idea, like Roderick Strong, the rumor was he wants his and has been denied multiple times. He refused a name change, blah, blah, blah. Then he went and went on spring break and on Tuesday and still was out there with the Vikings and Creed Brothers. Like, okay, he's going to be a professional and do his thing. He's been doing this for goddamn almost 20 years now, I think, or close to it. And guy's a pro. He's going to do what he does. Does like Moxley does. Work your contract, then you leave. Some guys like Loomis, it'll be like a Bronson Reed where it's like, okay, that's kind of limited. It's only can go so far. Here we go. But with, with Strong, it's a bit different in the sense like this guy's clearly good. Does he fit on the main roster? Bear me, that's my tangent over to you. He beat Nakamura and mm, was it Styles? It was Strong Styles, right? That was yeah. the show. He yeah. beat him at Survivor Series yeah. and you were there. I always get to bring that one up. It's funny. But uh, your turn. What do you think on all this? Um, I am a little bit sad uh, for like Dakota Kai. Well, not really Dakota Kai. She asked for a release instead of Bivens. But for like Dexter Loomis, I don't really know what was going on with him, but I, I think he'll land on his feet pretty well. Did you see his tweet? It was like a few days ago with the painting of uh, Vince McMahon, and it had like the thumbs up, and it just said taking bookings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that was like, hey, man, we're, we're all cool here, but uh, I'm taking bookings, you know what I mean? Um, so, but, can I cut in real quick? The, mm-hmm. the story of that painting is he had just started on that that week. Dexter was actually painting it for Vince. Really? Yeah, he That's posted. I think he posted an update about it like the day or week prior, showing the the progress of it. Oh, well, shoot! I didn't know that. Yeah. But, if only he finished anyway. it one day earlier, right? Then he could have yeah. given it to him and avoided the release. Yeah, that was one. And Perosa had just bought a house that oh, week as well. A week to the day prior, yeah. Yeah, and. Bear me to, uh, I'm going to cut you off just for a second here to kind of chime in on that. It's like, as much as that stuff sucks, that's not part of the decision making. Like, people need to realize that. It's, it's unfortunate, but it's like, oh, you bought a house. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we always do release you later. Like, it's, you're, it's happening. Right. Like, people need to realize that. Like, this is where it is. Here we go. You never know. You get your Drake Maverick coming back again, working behind the scenes now. You, these things can happen. And Samoa Joe, again, to be a champion of a brand. You never know. These, if these guys know what they're doing and don't burn bridges, this isn't the end. But if this isn't what they want, fair enough. But sorry, back to you on that. No, yeah, the thing about Persia, that, that is... That, well, I mean, that does suck that she did just buy a house. But, I mean, I think she'll be fine, though. She's She was like the powerhouse on NXT. I mean, she could... Well, I would say she could go to Impact, but they have, like, Masha Slamovich and Jordan Grace. She could be another powerhouse. Or, you know, she could do, like... Other other indie stuff. I mean, there's something that sh- she'll land on her feet. I think she's. I actually liked her quite a bit. Her and uh, Indy when they were teaming. But yeah, I mean, it's it's business. It happens, and some of these people ask for releases, and some of these people we don't even know who they were. So, and it's just if it becomes a regular thing, it becomes a regular thing. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's just business. It's nothing really personal. They just gotta, you know, do what's best for the company. If you look at it from the business part of it too, with budget cuts always being the, the uh, reasoning that's coming up, 
if they've got all these names down in this lower level, and not to knock these guys, but only Kai ever had a title out of the, this group, and it was two very quick tag title reigns. But these aren't exactly top draws, right? Like, Kai did go for the titles, and so did Loomis a little bit, but they're lower end. Well, if you free up that financial, you can afford other things within the talent budget, and it prevents something from going on. Like, if, if your talent budget is filled with 25% of developmental, and that's what you've allocated, you look at it and go, mm, we can make that be 15, and we can spend the other over here. That's that's budgeting. That's what they're going to be looking at. That's what they're going to be doing. So maybe it's for the long run that they're not bringing as many people that aren't getting it or dropping them quicker. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Like a Harland. Like, I know it sucks for this guy, but he is not the next Brock Lesnar, at least not through WWE. For all we know, in six months, we could be talking about how Wardlow-like he is. It could, he, who knows, right? Like, that. that's where this is. It's not the end. People are sleeping on NWA. People, These guys can go over there, too. James G., been putting this off for a while now. Over to you. What's your thoughts on these? Um, Dakota, she's just like Ember Moon to me. Like, she was great in the ring, but I couldn't just follow with her character after a while. I think she, her and Tegan probably are going to be one of the next tag team champions for Impact. So, um, Loomis was pretty shocking because he was in the storyline. And then, uh, what's her name? Oh, um, with Parada. Yeah. They were on the NXT TakeOver for Mania with the segments. The weird segments of Cowboys, but they were segments. And Bibbins was shocking, but, I mean, hey, he's been in NXT, what, four or five years, and it took him, like, two years to get on TV alone? I, I can't blame him if he just wants to do other things. Stokely Hathaway is the name to watch out. That's his new name now. And I think Sam Shaw is Dexter Loomis's name and yeah. stuff like that, so... These guys are already making their waves. I think uh, Hathaway had a promo like immediately. So yeah, they'll, they'll, these guys will be fine. They know what they're doing. The, the template's been set for the past couple of years by a lot of these guys, either to go out there and come back like a Drew or a Cody, or to go out there and kill it like Cardona and Myers for that matter. Like it, it, there, there's definitely opportunities here. It's not the end. I know some like Taya was so hurt by it because she'd reached her dream and got six matches and out. It's like, okay, that kind of sucked. But for some of these guys, yeah, Bivens, as far as he was going to go, I think he could have been a, a mouthpiece for anybody on any roster. But he was done. It's, let's move on. So, yeah. Uh, to spin that from the notes I have in here, Ali, Mustafa Ali, is back on TV. And he's in a high-profile feud with Miz. In theory, the U.S. champ. Um, I'll just keep this back over with you, GMSG, because it's The Miz, and that's awesome. <laughs> uh, they're using him, and he's back. And they're actually mentioning it, because Miz's promos are actually saying, don't go online to complain about it, and you'll wish you got your walking papers. I know Red liked that, too. What's your thoughts on this, OGMSG, to actually address this stuff as part of the character? Well, the funny thing was, I was like, oh, crap, Ali is back. And I'm like, oh, he's with The Miz. Oh, Jesus, this is okay. Mm -hmm. um, they're two of the top guys on the mic for small guys, so they're just going to go at it. And they always like doing these semi-shoot, semi-whatever, uh, kayfabe storylines. So it makes sense with these two. It's just a little weird that theories involved with it, too. Maybe this gets Ali a championship and changes everything around. I know, Red, you've been anticipating that. You figured that would be a backlash match, him in theory, right? Yeah, I mean, we still got this Ross or, uh, this weekend, but I, I don't think it's happening this show. But um, 
I will say this. I don't know if they're actually going to do anything with Ali. This is uh, Fairy's first victory as a champion. Um, I think this is their way of just saying, this is what you get, deal with it. And they're going to book him into a way that he doesn't, like, I think he was told, they're going to take shots at you and you're going to take it, kind of as a punishment. I know they punished him by not releasing him. You're still in their contract. They can do as they I can easily see this is their way of punishing him. So it helps theory get over. Yeah, I don't always anticipate or to go to the negative by default. I know that's not what you mean by that, but it's like I don't think there's anything sinister or ulterior. And yet, I've been watching wrestling for many, many years. I absolutely know that could be the case, and probably actually is more likely than not when you really get down to it. But I'm I'm not presuming that for this because if anything, he'd say something about it and he'd spin that and make that the character. <laughs> So I can see both sides of it, but the way though having Miz with this storyline helps the story so much because I would not be interested with Ali versus Theory oh, having I'm... Miz in it. It's yeah. kind of like that uh, new type of mentoring you see now that's on main and NXT of having these veteran people either team with them, faction with them, just having them a part of the newer guys to get them into the building. I mean, so much into the building. I guess a bigger spotlight on them. I mean, you look at Butch. They changed Pete Dunne to Butch, and they put him with... I think Butch would have crapped on it by himself. He would have been garbage on main roster by himself. But him with this faction, it works. And then you I... got all the other tag teams that do the same thing. That It's a, a way of mentoring them, in my opinion. And I think it's great. I would say, I think if he came in that character, Butch, on his own, yeah, it wouldn't have been as good. Pete Dunne's awesome, though. He would have made it work, but... You could have easily had an EC3 situation where they're like, mm, it's not working, and they disabandon it. It could be something similar to that. Uh, I, I do like what you were saying for parts of that, though, with Ali, with Miz. Because I said that the GMSG is like, okay, so Ali beat Miz. That immediately elevates him up to that level, and that's good. That's very, very high. And now Theory's involved. Well, that's the U.S. champ with the guy who was just in there with Vince at Mania. And Pat McAfee, this is, that's elevating. Wow, that's high, high stuff for Ali. That's awesome. And he's also very good. I didn't even mean the pun that time, GMSG, I swear. But uh, anybody else want to mention or talk about CT? Uh, talk about CT. God, I almost got through it. I almost got through it. I'm keeping all that in. CT, do you want to talk about anything with the Ali stuff? Is what I was trying to say and completely fumbled. I mean, again, it's not, it's really, I don't have that much to say about it. Like, good on him. You know, they didn't release him, but also I think they do value him as a talent. Um, I hope this leads to good things because I think he's a great talent. Will it? Who knows? This company drops the ball a lot of the time. Um, but so far, so good. You know, I guess we'll see where it goes from here. I don't like that theory is just randomly U.S. champ. I wish he had a better feud with Balor. Maybe bring that to Backlash, then have Ollie versus Miz at Backlash, and that builds but, um no, I mean, it's, it's it's so far so good. I mean, when it fails, I'll complain, but for now, it's fine. That's fair. Bear me, what about you? I just want to I just want to point out that Cody Rhodes shows up, and then Mustafa Ali, or Ali's back on TV, ending racism again, or King, uh, Cody Rhodes. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm glad that Ali's back on TV, and I think he's going to feud with Ciampa, though. Ciampa keeps attacking him, so I don't think he's going to go for... Austin Theory, but but uh, the Miz the Miz Ali uh, promo battle was pretty sweet though. 
and I'm glad to see Ali back. Ah, uh, yes, Champa, not Tommaso Champa, just Champa, which is kind of funny when you really get down to it because they changed it to a name that's actually still kind of weird when you really get down to it. They didn't change the spelling of it, which I'm, I'm actually still anticipating they're going to change how Champa's name is spelled, even though that's how you spell it. Which is something Rab told me a long time ago. Yeah, I I like Ali quite a bit. I've said previously that. WWE didn't exactly value him like a main event talent, so they weren't keeping him to keep him from going anywhere because he won't make waves like a lot of others. If he did, it'd be a Buddy Murphy in AEW who's there and it's cool, and then what happened? Right? Like, it, it'd be a neat moment, but it wouldn't be like, oh no, the draw is gone. So, I don't know. It's, uh... I'm glad to see him there. I hope he does very well and keeps going. Like we've said before, he's an awesome talent. And yeah, very, very excited to see where that goes. The flip side of all of this is we got one more AW name in all this because we got the Marco Stunts and we've got the Joey Janellas and some of these other names who are no longer there. And Stu Grayson, his contract has expired. He and AW could not come to an agreement to re-sign. And he's one of the main Dark Order guys with Evil Uno. And I saw a lot of discourse online talking about how this is, how could you, how could they let him go? Uh, he was not released, keep that in mind. But how could they not keep him around because he's part of Dark Order, that's Brody. How, how, could, they, how could they let this happen? They made an offer and he didn't accept it. That's, that's how it happens. But uh, I forget who posted it. It was either, it was one of the musty good guys, Bear Me or GMSG, I'm pretty sure, posted that behind the scenes bit uh, from BTE, I think it was, where Grayson just lost it and kind of did a shoot promo. GMSG, was that you that found that? Yeah, that it just randomly appeared on my timeline. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And even uses the line, like, I don't want to be here in catering, just watching. I want to wrestle. It's the one thing I do good, which kind of shows promos aren't that great, but they actually are, especially that one. Uh, but the idea, like, they're being paid to sit around and catering. Like, I know the, the better thing is that AEW is not releasing them, is what the narrative will tell you. But if these guys don't want to be there, I want to go elsewhere and wrestle, they can't. There's a bit of both sides on that because AEW is not releasing the contract. It's contract. We just talked about that. You're part of it. Here you go. But if AEW is outright refusing to do what WWE does because they don't want to have the negative look, that's kind of silly considering you're making talent unhappy. But then it gets a contract. Like it's uh, it's just, it's just funny if that's the reason to not do something that is kind of an industry thing at times when you have an influx of talent that is, you know, cuttable for the budget. I, call me crazy, but yeah, and I, I think, what was it, CT, you were saying you weren't even remembering much about him in Dark Order? Like, he hasn't yeah, even been on I've, Dark, I think. Like, he's been nothing. <clears throat> oh, and you know I watch Dark Weekly. Uh-huh. Um, I have two things to say. Number one, I don't know who this man is. I've never heard of a Stu Grayson. No disrespect to him. I don't watch your pro your product, so it makes sense. But like, no idea who this man is. Could not care less. But also, I don't really feel bad. You know, if someone paid me good amount of money for my job to be like a celebrity, and I travel the country and just eat food backstage at an arena, I would be fine with that. So again, like in the context, sure, like you know, good for him wanting to wrestle and stuff. I don't particularly feel like he was in that bad of a spot when it comes to life. Um, and I, I don't know who the man is. But, you know, good on him. If if he wants more, if he wants to wrestle, this is a good step towards that. So, good on you. He, I, if I'm correct, Bear Me, you might remember this. 
he debuted at double or nothing right he and evil uno came out with a bunch of the minions and masks and he sat on them like they sat on them like thrones they were the ones who got like yeah. they had the buy in the tournament for the tag titles like that's he's a day one guy yep. with oh he's like the main guy in it with uno he's the bald guy with the yeah that yeah. guy yeah 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 god i thought it was john skyler no he's <laughs> no. It kind of shows you how I I don't know who these Silver. people are. Is it John Silver? It's John John oh. John Silver. I was like, no, Skyler's yeah. someone else. He's over in Impact Silver. and stuff. John yeah. Silver is Johnny Hungy, who's the small man who's very very strong, and he's fun and yeah. he's awesome. Yeah, Stu Grayson is Canadian. You could tell from his accent in the promo. Uh, French Canadian, and yeah, think about that with the stuff with Josh that went through with uh, the visa and whatnot. If he doesn't have a national television contract or a contract with AEW, he might not be able to work in the States until he sorts some stuff out. That's how much he wanted to go. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you remember who this guy is then? Yeah. Yeah, I totally do. I remember now. Or, well, I knew because Uno and Grayson were, they were undefeated for like a while and I thought they would eventually be tag champs and they just never were. I do find it weird though that like he didn't do anything independently, like even working with AEW. Like he's under contract for AEW, but don't they usually let talent do indie shows? Oh yeah, a bunch, yeah. Uno does it. Yeah. I know but who now AEW <laughs> Right. But now but now AEW's pulling a bunch of their uh talent from indie shows. So I don't really know how how that affected Stu at all or if it did, but yeah, he was one of like the it seemed like Dark Order was gonna be important and they were for a while and they had Brody and all that and then everything kind of well after Brody passed sadly everything kind of just fell apart and then yeah Stu and even Uno Uno's not really doing much either so I I could just see a lot of the Dark Order just getting released besides like Anna J are they still with and maybe maybe Silver no don't think him and Hangman haven't been doing anything for Hmm. a long time since that, since that match with the Omega and the Bucks, yeah, yeah, when they came out of Space Jam, or Omega and the Bucks did, yeah, that's the last time they did anything. Red, do you know who Stu Grayson is? I've seen the name, and I know it's the bald guy, but that's about it. There you go. But I will say this, and this isn't Stu Grayson alone. This is just going to be AEW in a nutshell. Not surprised one bit. See this more and more. And you're going to see a lot more of they didn't come to terms with budget or with a uh, contract because of budgeting. And the reason I say that is when you have 170 people, you got to pay them something. Well, if you got people that are sitting backstage, you're not going to pay them a lot of money. They want more, obviously. They want to be a star. They want to do stuff. You're getting paid. I'm throwing out numbers, not really knowing. But if he normally got paid a million dollars a year for the last however many years he's been in a contract and they go in there and it's like, not really using you. We'll do two hundred and fifty thousand this year. Yeah, he's not going to come to terms with it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all the money they got now. When you got one hundred and seventy active roster people on the next fifteen that they're going to hire, probably from everywhere, ROH, NXT, like it's going to keep adding. And that's the problem with AEW is the roster so large. That's why you're seeing some of these people being quote unquote let go. It's not so much a let go thing; is they can't afford to have this many people. I know we, some of them just aren't good. Yeah. Like, you got uh, Joey Janela, and you got... Uh, it wasn't Jungle Boy, but it was the other one. Stunt. Yeah, the, the 14-year-old. You're not going to be able to pay him just to run around as a fourth man of 
Christian Cage. Like a lot of these factions, I think we're going to start seeing them dwindle down over the next two years when contracts start running out and they're not going to be able to pay them as much as they first did. I think we're going to see that a lot more frequently because we're at the three-year point. And a lot of these were three-year contracts. Some were five, but some were three. And I know GMSG, we talked a bit about that too, where because uh, Tony Khan apparently has been saying he's not going to release anybody. He's just not going to renew. So as he brings in new people, old ones will just kind of die off and not be used anymore and eventually just not come back. And that's what we're seeing. Stu Grayson's that. you got to think a lot of Dark orders on the chopping block for that kind of thing. I don't mean, again, they're not getting released, but if the contract's up on June 15th, it's not being renewed. Like, it's, that's it. That's probably it. For some of these guys, like, we haven't seen some people in months. And the women's roster especially is rough for that. Like, I'd be shocked if Allie re-signed. And she was one of the first signees on the women's roster. I, why would she even re-sign? She's been barely used. Even Santana Ortiz doing stuff with Jericho? No. Go back to Impact. Be awesome. Do, wrestle for tag titles. Be, like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, uh, but what's your, what's your thoughts Question. on all this? Oh, so go ahead, Red, sorry. I a question for everybody here is we talking about how AEW lets them ride it out. What's the better option? Let them ride it out, let them sit around, do nothing, and but they know their end is coming, or have them build, 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 be released, the name's still hot in 90 days, 30 days, and they get picked up. It, I'll just say briefly what I kind of said before we recorded. It's part of how they value it. Think about Dean Ambrose. We knew around January, February, they were not going to re-sign him. Or he was not going to re-sign. He was going to leave in April. They didn't use him at Mania. They still used him on TV. He had the finale show, then a house show finale. They still used their marketable asset for purposes that they deemed fit. And he was the consummate professional and did the, the, all the way through. That's one way. The other is to sit at home like Ali. We're not using you. We're not using you. And you can sit at home common sports thing actually with a lot of people who have contract disputes uh the flip side though is if you sit around doing nothing you're literally doing nothing like Stu grace and getting frustrated i don't know it really depends on the person for what's better and what's not as far as for a budgeting standpoint hey we got to clean up the budget cool i'm gonna keep paying this guy six more months though no axe it now okay he's released like that's depends on who's making the call i think what would you guys prefer? Because I personally think it sounds amazing just to sit at home and get paid like a good amount of money to do nothing. A severance package Personally, is a great yeah. thing. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. And you that's Jim yeah. you said that before. You've said it many times. I'll interrupt you yourself to ask you mm-hmm. this. Severance package, those 90 days, they're getting paid during that. Yeah. And they also can then help get someone to design new logos, new clothing, set new names, get like possible booking opportunities just when they come back and blow it up. I mean, Chelsea Green, she told Matt, and he's like, yep, I got you. They got new shirts and everything instantly for her. That's how you do it. The whole releasing thing, Impact doesn't say when they release anyone. They just remove them from their website. Same with AEW. So it's either they're fine with paying people extra money or they just don't want the bad publicity. WWE doesn't care. They just know how it is, and they know it's business. So they're just going to do it. They know they have their casual audience. Their casual audience doesn't know people get released. So, I don't know. I saw a great tweet about that. Their casual audience is still wondering where Daniel Bryan is. Yeah. After that match with Roman, man, he should be making a comeback soon, right? Like, that's that, that's the ultimate joke of that. But, yeah. It's... 
there's no easy answer to it all. Like, it is corporate business stuff, and even though I say it many times, this is how they operate, doesn't mean it's right, but that's what it is, and that's the understanding a lot of people have to have with it, but I know for some, like, the Harland and stuff, it's like, almost like, why did this guy even try? Well, because they thought they saw something. They thought he might have been the next Brock Lesnar. Three months later? Hmm. No, put him with Gacy. Put, he's not, he's not, he's not wrestling at all. Like, things change and can change quickly. You might look at something and go, yeah, this is going to be great. Mm, no, it's not. No, it's really not. Oh, God, we're stuck. Crap, what are we going to do? It's just how things can be. It's, we've only seen what we've seen. We haven't seen his training. We haven't seen how things go. For all we know, their training has gone to crap because Regal's not part of it with Thatcher and these, like, right? Like, for all we know, it's, it's completely different how it is in 2.0 let alone Tony looking to do things with Dark and his own developmental, and as of today, the full owner of ROH, but yeah. Let's pivot on that, because we're going to talk about the other side of Forbidden Door. <laughs> New Japan! CT! There's a lot this time. What's going on in New Japan? Bullet Club, baby. Um, yeah, so we've heard uh, in the past few weeks slash last month, let's say, that Borders were reopening and they had their big Wrestling Duntaku, um show, which was a great show in match-wise in general. Um, Osprey sadly couldn't be there due to COVID. We got COVID. Um, but it was a great show. But really the biggest takeaway here was just like everyone kind of came back. Like Jay White attacked and then... Good Brothers attacked, which was less in, less exciting. But luckily, it looks like Carl Anderson's doing a singles run, so that's, I guess, at least good. Um, Juice came back after swerving everyone. He had an interview with Meltzer, I think it was. And he was like, yeah, I don't really care about you know this anymore. I don't want to do this. Um, I don't really am not excited about it. I just want to take some time off. And then he's back with Bullet Club as a heel, and that's great. Um, it was great, and I'm happy to see everyone buzzing. It really felt, and I think New Japan has been great overall over the past two years. Um, definitely had its you know lower moments, um, but it really felt like yeah, New Japan's back. Like this is exciting. We got Super Junior announcements. Ace Austin is in it. Um, Wheeler Yuta is in it. A ton of great you know outsiders are in it. Um, it's just all very exciting after having such a stale kind of well not stale because they're all really talented, but it is you know the same group of people doing the same thing you know for two years it did get a little bit more stale than i think they wanted it to um so it's just really great to see and then you're getting a match announcements for the dc show that has this insane fatal four-way like it looks really good it's just it's very exciting um i think the next month into the summer with the g1 um hopefully things really pick up i think we're gonna see jonah go to New, you know japan finally um, there's a lot of really great names that I'm very excited to see. It was just, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm jazzed. I love the fact that the Super Juniors has Impact's X Division champion Ace Austin, which might be part of why he won it, because they can say he's that there, which is kind of a thing I realized after the fact. But also, AEW's ROH pure champion, Wheeler Yuta. It's like, wait, what? They also have a couple guys from different... Japanese promotions who are champions. It seems like that's kind of like a theme they kind of had was outsider champions coming in. Yeah, there's a so, new cha- promotion called Gleet. I just saw started up. Uh, there's a guy from that uh, Titan or Titan from CMLL in Mexico. He's going to be there. So, and yeah, it looks like a who's who. <laughs> and a random Italian man that no one knows who this guy is, but he's there. Uh, Francesco w- something. Francesco Kira. He was a junior heavyweight champion for All Japan. 
because I saw the name and like, who's that? And I went looking him up. So yeah, that's yep. And TJP, poor 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 guy. And TJP, <laughs> uh, but that four way that's Moxley, Osprey, Tanahashi, and and Juice. I'm forgetting Juice. Yeah, four way in DC. You said right. Yeah, DC May something. They're coming, coming soon. They're coming to America with that match. Insane. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's insane. It's wild. Also, it's wild that that entire show is AEW versus New Japan, considering, mm. you know, Forbidden Door is in a month. But, you know, that's yeah. fine. Do it yourselves and do it better first. Why not? So explain to me also, Shingo Takagi is the King of Pro Wrestling champion. Yes. Now, the King of great... Pro Wrestling or the KOPW is... This is one of my favorite things in wrestling, and you think the twenty four seven title is weird. This is this is own thing because they can make stipulations up, right? Like each competitor proposes a stipulation they made up. Yes. Yeah. So like I'm gonna wrestle you, and I'm if I win, I have to body slam you three times, and if you for you to win, you got to make me submit. Like that's the kind of legit matches, but it's like with dog cages and cumulative counts and things. Shingo Takagi was the world champion at Wrestle Kingdom, right? Yeah. He's and he's this. What? Which is kind of the point, because Tai Chi won it from Yano, who's done this for years and is fully comedic, and he was like, yeah, screw that comedic shit. Like, I want this to be the main event. I want this to be a big deal. Why not challenge the former world champ? And they had a 30-count match, which it was, um, you had to, it was like every fall, it gets added to the score, and whoever gets to 30 counts first wins. And it sounds really stupid, but they also like went out and did a 30-minute main event banger, and it was really quite awesome where Shingo won it. I would recommend anyone who has a New Japan World uh, subscription to go check it out. It was like such a cool concept in actuality with these competitors taking it really seriously. It was great. So like every two count counts? Oh, every one count, right? every two count, okay, yeah. like 11 yeah. count. So yeah, because normally it's just a three count. Okay, that's over. But now it's like, oh no, you can get a six or eight or you know however long count with your finisher because knocks him out for a long amount of time it was really good that's a fun version of like an iron man where someone's behind and has to get you know work their way back yeah out. that's cool i like that a lot and then you get the risk at the end because taichi was like one count away one fall and shingo had i think like eight or whatever to make up it was really fun oh that sounds dramatic that's cool i love that that's awesome we should steal that for something so the super juniors is their main tournament thing and you've got the main main stuff where you think jay white's actually going to win the world title but maybe not because Okada. That's Okada, right? He's got to be the forbidden. Could they actually hotshot it back to Okada just for the show? I can't imagine he would. Like, there's not really a show he could lose it at between. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's possibly their man wins. I just think they really want to push Bullet Club. Like, I think this is like, as much as I hate the Good Brothers, like, I get why they brought the Good Brothers back now. Like, these are the relevant people. They're trying to get eyes on the product in America. I could, and they already hold most of the championships. They had a very good Dantaku beyond all the returns. Um, I could see Bullet Club walking out with most of the gold, to be well, honest, yeah, after Dominion. Taiji Ishimori is the three-time champ now for junior heavyweight. And uh, Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens, first-time tag champs, they won that. And, it's, now forgive me, I'm not paying attention as much. Tamatonga is not Bullet Club anymore? No, he got kicked out. But, but he's he open weight champion. Title. He's singles champ. That's that. These are these people elevating up. There's people who don't normally win these things, winning these things. Ishimori's three time, I know, but this is pretty cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. I like that kind of the design of how you get new names involved in it and what it's Tonga versus Anderson, right, for the title. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> and Doc Alice is going to fly 14 hours to sit on the sidelines as he should because he cannot wrestle. <laughs> but. 
he'll get paid for it. And there you go. Yes. That's what you do. So, and I think that's the DC show. That's the one that Red's gonna watch, right? No, that's the Dominion. Uh, oh, is that Dominion? I thought he was talking about the one in DC. Oh, the DC show. That's got the four wave. That's yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. It also has like King versus Kingston, or yeah, Kings versus Kingston, Suzuki versus someone. It's a really good show. So I think you're gonna like it, Red. Yeah, I've been looking that. forward to it since they announced it. My biggest draw is the fact that I'm going to be able to watch it at a certain time. That's <laughs> not 2 a.m., 4 a.m. bullshit. Japan time! Come on! <laughs> they don't get a time. This is America. No, okay, I, I just okay. Not okay. quite literally, is it? <laughs> but no, I mean, that was my only dilemma of wanting to see New Japan uh, wrestling. It was just it came on way too late for me to stay up. Like, I'm I'm. I can't say I'm old, Scott, but I'm elderly. I mean, I'm fine. But you are usually up at five, so that's established. You'd still be I up did, for and some I of these shows, lately. right? Keep that in mind, people. Red would be like, all right, show's over. Time to go to work. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. Well, I've noticed uh, CT and uh, uh, one of our guys in Discord, and there's Saturday mornings talking in Japan. I was like, is there something on? Oh, no, the Europeans like, get involved. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they love it. Like, I'm, well, they're up at that so time. Yeah, it's just going at Saturday mornings, like 6 a.m., just ping, ping. I'm like, okay. But no, I, the one on the 14th next, uh, what, 10 days from now, I'm excited to watch. Uh, I know I'm going to know some of the people, so that's helpful. And I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to start getting into these uh, New Japan's pro wrestling strong shows. I think the U.S. A lot of mouthful. I'm really thinking the U.S.-based stuff that they're doing is drastically helpful for that, just for, I mean, the reasons you mentioned. Um, I'm happy that more and more people are checking it out and watching it live and enjoying this. And even if you don't ever check out the Japanese stuff, at least you get, like, a nice sliver of it. So I'm very happy that I'm seeing this overall. But even in this podcast, you know, it's good to see. Even just follow them on Twitter. The New Japan Twitter posts clips, and you're like, that was awesome! And you get hype. Like, it's... Japanese text, they have an English one. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, oh, that was cool. I want to know more. CT, tell me more. And off we go. So, yeah. Uh, the must-see good guys are here, too. Bear me, GMSG. You, do you like the New Japan shows? I want you to feel included, too. I, I do not watch uh, New Japan shows, but uh, I do keep up with some stuff. Okada's great, so, you know. And CSJ rules, so. And Suzuki's God. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I pay attention to like God and a few other things with the Bullet Club stuff, and then I mean, got to meet Ferg or Gallows the other month. So, I think I even mentioned to you said, CT. You should have said Ferguson. You, I know. What I, you're I, going I, for. I, I was so close to. <laughs> I was so close to uh, God with Tanahashi being awesome. So I mentioned that to CT. I'm still shocked that God didn't actually win the Impact Tag Titles, even though they were there for like a weekend for tapings. I still thought they would have. <laughs> Hey, it's, Finn Juice did. It was, it was definitely possible. Yeah, yeah. And you know, at this point, who the heck knows? It's not over. Ishii's still there for a show this weekend. Like, it's... The, New Japan truly is the forbidden door with all this stuff, especially the Super Juniors. Like, are you are you kidding me? Um, meanwhile, to pivot this over to other things that AEW's doing, remember that awesome match, Bear Me, with Woods versus Yuta for the pure title at Supercard of Honor? And yeah. The fact that they had the rematch of that on Dark. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I just, th that's just kind of our general, like, man, I want them to do something with ROH instead of, you know, nothing. 
because they use a bit here and there. I get Gresham got hurt. Okay. And the women's title is actually happening. It might be happening right now as I speak. Uh, but it's Perazzo. Oh, Perazzo. For real? A women's match is going to main event? Yeah. And it involves yeah. literally two people from other companies? Technically, Mercedes is AEW, but you know what I mean. It's ROH title with an impact person. Still, it's uh, that's getting sorted out at least, so that's that's going to be handled. But really, they've not done much with ROH, and he owns it. And I said this before. They're too busy working with a co-promotion with another company to actually do stuff with their own company. That, I mean, Tony Khan bought it. He did say Warner Media is interested in doing a broadcast with it. So, we'll see what that is. There's a freaking AW like behind the scenes show coming up, legit on another like I think TBS or TNT. So I don't know what they're going to do with ROH in that regard. That's just crazy to me. But I also wrote down that uh, Red Titus and Cheeseburger both debuted on Dark. Cheeseburger. Wanted to go by a different name, went by this. So it's you know here's your opportunity, your cheeseburger here. Got some good chance though from the crowd. It was pretty neat. But yeah, ROH like you you can't do a supercard, and I I mean like the, the classic term of like a supercard, not ROH branding, but uh, of like us versus them when there is no them. Like we, uh, if they're gonna do something with this ROH stuff, they got to do it because we're still waiting on Brian Cage. <laughs> Right? He's back to Stu Graysoning it. I'm going to use him for that. Like, it's... How do you not use this talent? You're just going to let him sit, and that's what you get, even though you have another entire brand that you could do things with. I just... I don't know. I don't know. Anybody else missing ROH or wanting to see? Like, I know... Because I've said it multiple times. ROH has been almost like the dark horse of what we cover on the FPL. I'll promote that again. Uh, Frontline Prediction League, but... It's usually been good when we watch it. Like, they picked it up the last year or so. was entertaining. The pure matches were awesome from last August onward. Gresham is one of the best. I just hate seeing it like, oh, he's, he's going to buy it and save it. He's done less with it than if they just went on their own doing their own kind of GCW style, right? Like, it's it's sad to see this. Jimmy Steele, I'll go back to you for this. Like, what's... Well, Scott, quickly, just to add to your list, Tony Deppin did debut on Dark Elevation this week, I think. So add oh, that Deppin. The there you go. Another one. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I'll just, you know what? Screw it. I, I didn't get it wrong. CT jumped in. CT, you keep going. What's your thoughts with this ROH stuff? Do you think they're going to factor into Forbidden Door at all? Do you think they're going to try to do something with that? No. No, not at all. No. <laughs> um, okay. I, no, I don't think they're going to do much. I think eventually we will see the return of ROH in some fashion. I don't think it will particularly be good. Um, I don't think it will probably be what it was. You know, this is really depressing because I think this has been a company that I've stood by. I think we all have really stood by. And even if we have, you know, questioned how popular they are, I think they've delivered really solid work. It is sad to see. You know, I wish they, even just like a basic follow up to what happened on Supercard um, would be beneficial. So, yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens. I'm not very hopeful, though. GMC to you for real now. What's uh, what's your hopes here? I mean, it's just like the whole promo video that I mentioned to you guys before the podcast with Tony Khan. It's not AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door pay per view. It's AEW's Forbidden Door pay per view. Why have the New Japan guys on the big show of Dynamite? Just put them on Rampage, Dark and uh, Dark Elevation. Who cares about them, right? Publicity on their network. Good job, guys. You screwed over your deal with Impact to go with the guys that screwed Impact. Nice job, New Japan. Good job. <laughs> Bear me anything to add there? Because I know you were always on board with ROH stuff, especially the pure title stuff. That's uh, 
just sad to see. Yeah. Yeah, I am sad about that. Josh Woods deserves better. I'm going to say that right now. That guy's a talent. And if he, and whenever his contract's up, I hope he goes somewhere else. So to somebody that actually appreciates him. But yeah, ROH is one of those companies that it, watching it would make you a little upset depending on who the referee was. We all know that because they're like, what's going to happen in this match to really mess us up? But it really found its footing within like the last year, year and a half. It was really starting to get good. And then they took that hiatus and I don't think it's ever going to be, it's ever going to be kind of like that again. It's going to be in Tony Khan's image and for better or for worse. Um, I don't think it's going to be as good. So we'll see how he uh, books that with the uh, seven other shows that he has to book. So, yeah, he, but I'm not hoping. He has said to a certain extent it will be a level of developmental for AEW. He's com- he said that before. Who knows how legitimate that'll end up being. I'm not going to keep hold someone to a quote that might be in the moment of, hmm, maybe we do this, and it isn't that, Like to be fair. but uh, Red, what's your thoughts with ROH stuff? Because you, you didn't really follow the TV on that at all, and you were like, who's this guy? But it usually ended up pretty good generally, right? I mean, the pay-per-views were always fun to watch. I always had to, like, watch a bunch of crap to understand what was going on. But if I'm being bluntly honest, Tony Khan just bought ROH to have the library to make AEW bigger. I don't think... I hear that they say they want to do something with it, but I think if you give it three or four months' time, it's just going to keep on the back burner, and then everyone's just going to be like, eh, it's gone. I don't see ROH succeeding in this way with... Tony Khan being the owner, just for the fact that I think you said it multiple times, he's split so thin in all of his hands in every pot. Like, obviously you got AEW. Now you got ROH. I found out a couple weeks he's part of the Jaguars team in some capacity. Like, th- this dude's spread so thin. I, I just think he- something's going to take the cake, and it-, it has to be ROH. Like, there's no point of putting a lot of effort in ROH when you got AEW that's quote unquote well established and defined. And then you got a fucking NFL team. Like, I'm sorry, ROH. Your library was what he paid for, it, and that's what I'm going to say. His actual owns a football team, like a soccer team in Europe. I was say his actual Twitter says he's the owner of football analytics Jaguars, owner director of football GM, sporting director Fulham FC, owner True Media Sports, owner CEO GM AEW. Also, he has a private investigating. Um, agency or whatever that yeah. looked into the bots roh is not listed on this by the way of his twitter bio i guess he owns it today so we can update that now but there you go i, th- I think the ship has sailed on roh i don't want to be overly negative about it but consider this that supercard was april 1st today's may 4th and there's been no follow-up event not even any inkling of anything and as far as he's even said the only reason they did that show is because tickets had already been sold. There was about 250 of them. They're like, we were, we were committed. We had to do it. I, I inherited a debt is basically what that one was. I said, I think he overpaid for a library, and I really stand by that. These titles are going to get unified. I want to be wrong on that. I want these things to live on and be something else. But even though he owns it, not AEW owns it, but he owns it, it's presented like it's part of AEW, or it's not on par with AEW, right? Like, it's... The world title is not positioned as the same as the AEW world title. And it makes sense. It's, it's a different company. That's how, that's how it should be, to be fair. But when they try to launch it and say, hey, go check out the ROH product, it's going to be the same as WWE and WCW and even ECW. 
it's going to be looked at as inferior no matter what. I hope the smart audience gets along with it and figures it out, but it won't be the ROH audience. They're gone and have been since November. Like, they came out for Final Battle and they saw that finale and they saw Supercard and went, hmm. That's it. So, yeah. We'll, we'll see where this goes. But uh, the last thing I had as we hit our hour point is the fact that Backlash is this weekend. WrestleMania Backlash, excuse me. And the idea that they had a winner-take-all match for the tag titles, Rated RK Bro and the Usos, SmackDown Tag Champs and Raw Tag Champs, uh, unifying them because Roman said to. And, you know, do what Roman says. And they've changed that now to a six-man tag, Drew and RK Bro versus the Bloodline fully. And no titles on the line. As a matter of fact, the only championship being defended is Charlotte Flair defending against Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's title in an I Quit match. No other championship being defended. And to be fair, no other champion on the card. Ricochet and Theory aren't. Uh, Roman obviously has the two world titles. And Bianca Belair is not on the card, but she might actually still be hurt from her eye, but she's still done. She's, she's wrestled, so I don't, I don't have an answer for that. Um, I, I even talked about this a bit in our Discord. Please go jump in there to get our live event chat and stuff like that. But uh, the idea that Backlash often has rematches is a thing of the past, but I, I want to say this like I thought it was funny. It's the backlashiest backlash we've had in a while. Because this is very, very rematch heavy in a lot of ways. Uh, it is bringing Drew versus Roman into the thing that has been a lot of live event matches. And people thought that would be something for uh, what's now known as Clash at the Castle. Which Warhorse called Castlemania, and I like that name. But Clash at the Castle, September 3rd, that's a ways off. They're not going to drag that out. If anything, they're going to do it now and then come back to it with Drew. Still probably not winning. The idea here that it's not for the tag titles. It's not for any titles. It's just a six-man tag. I think, Red, you said yourself, that's a SmackDown match, right? It basically is, yeah. The only way they would have made any of the situation better and still in the long run worse was make it for winner-take-all. Like, like all, I could, all, I could, yeah. I could see Bloodline, each one of them, holding up two belts. Mm -hmm. You got the Usos with the Raw and a SmackDown, then you got Roman continue with his two. Based on this whole thing and based on them finally announcing the... Uh, match or the not the match but the pay-per-view in Wales I think they realize they have an opportunity for Drew and Roman and the way they're going to do it is have Drew win the money in the bank so they pushed off his title match could have been pushed off to hell in a cell and mm -hmm. then Drew loses and then wins that money in the bank but like I, I really see no point of you guys doing this match once at hell in a cell just to do it again at Wales a few months later like I, I don't see that being a great selling thing, a selling point. Um, but my biggest issue... Is, no, that is that event the... is sold out. <laughs> There's no selling point needed for that with 100,000 people wanting to go to a 70,000 Well, 70, the selling show. point of it's why sold. you want Drew it's there. Sold. Yeah. Aren't no, they no. building Drew and Tyson Fury? Like, Tyson Fury and Drew have both said they want the match? Yeah, they've, they wanted that for a while, too. That makes a lot of sense, also. And people have forgotten about that. I mean, he can have two matches. He, uh, if he's money in the bank... Well, true. You, you can true. have your Tyson Fury to start the show this and then catch in the close show. Yeah, it's very true, actually. Yeah. Um, it, it just it, that match happens. I will top lock Tyson. There Fury. is no, <laughs> there is no fucking way they didn't know they were trying to get Wales three weeks ago when they started announcing these two titles. They did that to sell backlash tickets, and then they ripped it away from the fans. We got Tino, who's 
genuinely upset. Like, he was looking forward mm-hmm. to this unification match. And then now he's like, yay, I get to see these guys do whatever. And, like, there's no... This, this pay-per-view sucks. I'll be straight up. <laughs> like, I, I, I complained about it in the chat. Like, you said the backlash is the backlash is. It really is. Three matches are... Oh, four matches are rematches. Rematches all, of the biggest show of wrestling every year. It's only six matches. Like, how the hell do you do four of the same ones? And you got Theory and Holly. We're, we're going to get more announced. Just keep that. Remember that. But the fact that it's going to be week of. We is, have is four days. When are they going to do it? Saturday. <laughs> no, they're Friday. Are, they always do Their it. minor shows are six or seven matches. So it's either you get this unification match, which could have a funky ending because it's a unification match and it's not Mania. Or you can have Roman on a card, or just Roman wouldn't be on this card. Neither would Drew. Well, let's go by. Let's go back to Red though. Let, 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 let finish. Oh no! I mean, I, I, he's he pointed out that they only had six or seven matches. It's fine. You can have six or seven matches. Change them somehow. Like almost and Bobby is the only one that it gets a pass just for the fact that it is changed because MVP is now involved in the story. That adds something to it, but. I guess Edge added Priest, but it's still Edge and AJ. Uh, Charlotte versus Ronda. I, I get it. You added a stipulation. Like, I, I don't want to see the same damn match. I, I just really don't. I know, and I know part of it with at least Charlotte and Ronda was there were shenanigans. Okay. It makes sense to do it again. That's how wrestling works. Bobby and almost that seemed kind of definitive, but yeah, we got this turn now. Okay, so that's going to be another thing. Fair. Edge and uh... Styles was good, but it makes all the sense in the world for it to be Edge and Priest versus Styles and Balor after what we just saw. Like that'd be something a little different. But I know, like we, I've we've almost joked about it where you want new stuff only, right? Like I, I know it's it's not purely that, but that's there's not too much to ask but, but either. I, get I saw that. something on I saw something on Facebook saying, "What does AEW do better than WWE?" This we don't see the same match six times leading up to a pay per view or some version of it. Like I don't care what anybody says. We saw New Day versus, what, the Fight Club? Is that what they're called, Seamus and them? And, like, eight different matches over the last two months with some variation of them fa- faction versus faction. I'm tired of seeing it. It's a fucking time filler, and I'm tired of it. And the fucking WrestleMania match was four minutes. And we still are you seeing the same like thing. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry Big E got injured. But, good God, there's enough creative people to make this somewhat entertaining. It was and entertaining, I thought. Personally, but that's again we're talking I mean, opinions. More. It, it, it but, ran its course. Well, I mean, the four-minute match was because they ran out of time on the first one, and they still got to have their show on the next Did one. And they, they have to do it. Yeah. That's what why it was, was cut all along. It was cut. But what if this, yes, but what if this was a match all along of four minutes? Oh, could have been, uh, but presumably it wasn't because it was supposed to be on the one night. If if you're just going to assume the negative, I don't have anything else to say. Well, I'm I mean, not assuming I'm just the negative. I'm just, you're assuming it was underhanded, stuff. and it was supposed to be something that it. You're just presuming it was Big that. E that's, that's all. Getting injured. I think Big E getting injured screwed that match from the get-go. Absolutely. And nothing against him. Nothing against him. But that match got shrunk down to four minutes when they lost their biggest man in the whole event. How? What? Uh, I want to know. I want to know. The, all, uh, sorry, guys. I'm, I'm going to tangent this. What basis do you have for that is all I want to know. Are you just thinking it? <laughs> like, is it um, like, do you have any oh, is, any history to pull from to see, like, yes, this is what they do in situation? Or are you I thinking mean, it was four minutes because they lost the guy and that's all they're capable of for WrestleMania well, with the these match. professionals? They did it's remove completely. it because they ran out of time because stuff went long. 
It was moved from Saturday to Sunday. They did remove it. And they went, you know what? We're going to fill it in here. You've got some time. But you're saying it was, it was a short match anyway. Because yeah. of zero. Why was it short? Just because they're not good enough? It's Sheamus and Ridge with New Day. I, I want to know why only four minutes is all they got based on your, what your theory is. I just don't understand it. Again, I think it was cut short because it didn't have the full three on three, which is what they wanted. Oh, fair. They only got two v two. Oh, they only want to do it like so, to do it brief. Okay, no, fair, fair. Yeah, got gotcha. you. Their big payoff was going to be a three v three match. That's why Butch. Came, I mean, that's not why Butch came up, but Butch joining that made it perfect for a three v three, and they were going to have probably a five, ten, fifteen minute, not five, but a ten, fifteen minute good three v three match where I still think Butch's team were. Seamus' team would have gone over, but it would have been great with a 3v3, and they would have had time to fill it. You said they ran short of time. I mean, yeah, they could have, and it still would have been a four-minute match. That four minutes could have been the amount of time that got cut. It could be, yeah. But if it was going to be 15, it wouldn't have happened at all on the first night because they Correct. ran out of time, <laughs> even if Big E was there is, is the point. That's, yeah. with, that, with that argument, had Big E been there in 15 minutes, they would have cut somewhere else. How do you know that? I don't. I'm just. That's all I mean. That's that, all I mean. <laughs> Biggie is a Biggie is their not their top guy of New Day, but he is the big guy, and he was the one that just came off that world title, and he's the one of the fans that are loving the most. I think they would have given him more time than this two v two. That's fair. No, I get behind that. Like, again, we're we're. I know it sounds like we're heated, but it's like I'm asking questions. Oh, I wish they see it's our, all good. our podcast chat all the time. We I don't, don't see it. I don't know what's in there. <laughs> I never watch it during these. But No, no, no. Our podcast chat. The, oh, the podcast. Uh, oh. Not, not live, but I'm talking about like throughout the week. Yeah, like, no, we that's... Always, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no we this go. This is not us fighting. No, this is great. We're also... Yeah. Anybody else want to say stuff? On, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> on, the, on the build that AEW does this better, uh, I had to break this to you, dude. The last pay-per-view build... They did, like, entire two months of Thunder Rosa versus Brett Baker's crew. They did Co CM Punk versus MJF's crew, just like they did with Cody and Jericho versus MJF. No, and Wardlow. Hangman did the same thing against, um, was it Cole's crew? Like, no, they repeat the same shit with the lackeys facing off against the guys, like, six times before they get to the goddamn pay-per-view. But it's they still repeat shit one all versus the time. one that's different. Not but Butch dude, versus Kofi three matches in a row. They they did not do that. They rotate people in and out. It was Sheamus. It was Butch. It was Ridge. It was Xavier. They rotated the people in that. It was not the same match every show. There was no way there was. Because I was watching that too, and there was no way Kofi faced the same guy three weeks in a row. I think the key here is it felt like it is what Red saying. An AEW yeah. doesn't feel the same way. And I do agree but, with that because WWE does, does feel repetitive in a lot of ways. Even if it isn't, and it feels it. I get that. Anyone shitting on this card for Backlash, Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins was one of the best matches of that show. Like, the only match I hate about this is Charlotte Fair versus Ronda Rousey. That's it. Like, we have Madcap Moss, who is getting supported, and Corbin, who's one of the most hated heels going off against each other. People love RK Bro in the Bloodline, and they like Drew. Edge versus AJ is a match people wanted forever, and we're getting another match of it? Yeah, these are rematches of Mania. Mania is the biggest show of the year. You're going to have rematches. There's been rematches in wrestling for pay-per-views for the last 30 years. People still buy into it. Since Backlash started. That was the whole thing. 
I think the key though is that you need a good story. I feel very similarly, you know, people always criticize every company for hot shotting titles or having titles bounce back and forth. When we've said on this podcast, it's not that the concept itself is the issue. It's when it's meaningless. What is the new angle for Cody versus Seth? I don't think this card looks terrible. I'm sure actually match-wise it's going to deliver quite a bit. But story-wise, other than Lashley and Omos, that's had a dra- like. But even then, I, I just don't feel like many of these rematches are that interesting to me story-wise. Um, I do like the six-man match because i didn't want them to unify the tag titles hot take i'm very over roman reigns not to sound sacrilegious on this podcast i know gmsg please don't you know cuss at me again but um it, it, i just am bored like i'm bored by the bloodline just wrecking everything and having no development um it's just i'm, I'm bored by the product i'm bored by these stories um, again, the matches will probably deliver, but personally, it's not that they're doing rematches, which is my complaint. It's just that they're not interesting rematches. Um, even the small things they've changed, like, well, we've already seen Priest cost styles. Like, what, is he just going to do it again? Like, I wish they did the tag match with Balor. That would have made it so much more interesting. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm bored by it, but not because the concept of the rematches. I just think they're doing it kind of badly. I think with part of it, too, with the idea of the rematches and the idea of especially the the tag titles, which was something newer, even though we did quite literally see these two teams because they were still champions at the Survivor Series. We saw it already there and it was cool. The idea of the unification, a lot of people, I know a lot of people on our Discord, a lot of people online don't think the tag divisions are strong enough for either men and women's and want them unified. They wouldn't have been. The champions would have been unified and being on both shows. But the divisions wouldn't have been. There'd still be a Raw tag division and a SmackDown tag division, just like the men's. So uh, it, it would have been that. It is weird to bait and switch it, which is kind of where this all started. Like, literally, Tino is upset. Tino, who did our theme song, by the way. He's upset about it. Yeah, fair. That's, yeah, understandable. A cool match you wanted to see with stakes that you wanted to see. Something historic, something fun, guaranteed, presumably, new champions and a, a cool moment. You want to see that, and it's pulled away. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. And nothing I can say can argue against that, because I get it. But, yeah, I, I just think... I know that this is going to sound really, really stupid in one way, but I'm going to say it anyway. But if Backlash is too many rematches or isn't unique enough, it's Backlash, that's what that show is. May's coming up with its paper... I know Backlash is normally April, that's why I said it that way, but we're going to have another one with Hell in a Cell in a month. And then money in the bank. Like, we're just going to get through it. It might not be the one for you. Fair enough. Not every show is going to be awesome. I understand you'll want it to be, but it's just how it's going to be sometimes. We had the report this week about the stadium shows that they want to run more stadium shows. And even the rumor of this is that they want to save the Drew Roman match for one of the stadium shows or something like that. It seems like their new thesis, and they've had this before, but now it's, you know, more... Uh, I think apparent is that you w- they're going to have these B level kind of normal pay per views between the big stadium shows more often throughout the year, which I'm not bothered by. It's just then you got to temper the expectations, kind of like how Impact has a bunch of the specials going to the pay per views. Like if I look at it through that lens, sure, um, it's just when you look at it as a paper or a premium live event on the same level of everything else they do that it feels disappointing. But it as like a special sh- little show, sure. And like I said. To, to what Rib was saying earlier, even if it isn't repetitive, it feels like it. And I've said before, AEW has a way to make their matches feel special, even if it's just a run-of-the-mill match. They do have a 
bit of something like Nitro back in the day. Beermy can remember this. A tangent over to that. Where there's just there's something different about it. They try to make everything feel special and worthwhile. Even if you're like, nah, it isn't. But at least they're, they're trying it, and it feels a bit different. So it might not feel as repetitive, even if it is. Right? Yeah, I agree. They're, but like you said, like, okay, I get it. This pay-per-view is full of rematches. We, yes, we know. But they, they're tweaking most of them to, like, with different stipulations. So, I mean... For me, I am hyped a little bit about this because we do get Cody and Seth again, and I mean, I just want to see Cody Rhodes, but that's okay. Uh, Mad Cat Moss and Corbin has a good story to it. Edge and AJ, and now we're going to get the whole Balor thing. Something will probably happen with that at the show, and maybe going forward, we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe Edge takes out AJ, and Demon Balor has to come back to deal with Edge. I don't know. But... um, yeah, like I agree with CT on the whole thing. You can see it through that lens. Maybe they will just have a bunch of B-list pay-per-views and then just save the A-plus stuff for the stadium shows. It makes a lot of sense in that way. And, yeah. But and, uh, I do want to say I am actually excited for the Charlotte and Ronda match. I know GMSG doesn't care about it. I'm actually kind of excited to see what happens and how that match is going to end. You want to hear Charlotte say I quit, don't you? <laughs> I want to hear that so badly, but <laughs> we all know that things like that probably, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I want to hear that really badly. That's we, that's what I'm most looking forward to if it happens. We Because we, this will be at around the time of who's going to win, Bearmy? I need you on record. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, wait, no. That's conflict of interest. Uh, no, we're in a tag title match. I mean, yeah. Hmm. I mean, I will just say that Charlotte Flair hasn't been pinned or submitted clean on a pay-per-view since... I, I can't even give you a name of somebody that's done that. So <laughs> Yeah, no fair. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. she has lost on pay-per-view, but it's been, like, shady. It's, so we'll, it's we'll designed for Ronda to not lose, but we've been watching wrestling long enough. That's why they lose those. <laughs> that's usually what happens. Charlotte, yeah. So Charlotte is leaving as champion. That's all I'm saying. Oh, Red, what? no, don't give up the... <laughs> no, we're as in the, the match, too. <laughs> as the outsider, I'll say I've considered top-locking Charlotte. That's Ooh. all I'll say. Mm. Well, we know how that... Oh, this dude also went for Brock, so... This isn't a Hangman Omega thing. I can't really... I can't really oh, that. my God. <laughs> but... The thing... The reason I got so annoyed about the whole Drew and Roman being added thing... I've been at two, like, straight massive B-level pay-per-views because it's the pay-per-view before Mania, which means nothing fucking is going to happen. And both times, random people got added to the matches and the crowd was happy about it. And it was awesome. And if I went to this pay-per-view and Roman and Drew weren't on this card and they could be, I would have been pissed. Would it have been better? What happened to him and Nakamura? Weren't they going to face? Like, uh, I think was, Yeah. I... Mm. Maybe Nakamura's not fully there, like healthy or either. He's on the house show circuit. So, so is Roman. Though. Yeah. Roman's not healthy either. I think if you're in tag matches, you can kind of blend it out. I don't know. Maybe Nakamura didn't fit with this match. Maybe they wanted to save that down the line for like two matches in a row, kind of pay per view style instead of Drew. If anything, for Drew for later for September, it would have made more sense to not have him here now, right? And it's Nakamura, but. I think the thing is they didn't have anything for Drew at this time, and they didn't want to ha- have him off this pay-per-view after Mania, too. So we'll kind of have him bring him in for this. 
Would it have been better if it was winner take all and then they announced, no it isn't, it's this now. Like, during? It would be bad for us in the FPL because we had the master in it, we wouldn't like that. I mean, it was better to have Roman come out there and go after Riddle and then stuff the paper in his mouth going, nah, you're not doing this. No, I hate both of you. I mean, we'll see. If they did that switch on the, like, during the pay-per-view, it would have been trending on Twitter, like, cancel Peacock. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Even the live crowd would boo for a bit until they're like, "Yeah, it's Roman, but boo." Yeah, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't go over well. It's better they did it now to get that out of the way. I think the thing is, Hell in the Cell's next. That's a major pay per view compared to Backlash. Money that might Banks, be a better. stadium show too, and like that might be better for the unification if they will want to do it. it and that's where we're going to get three more rematches, all inside Hell in a Cell. Yeah, if it's Cody You're and not Seth, wrong. that sounds awesome. <laughs> I'm on board yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. Cody and That's Seth, okay. you're going to have Ronda and Charlotte, and you're going to have Edge and, Edge AJ. and AJ. Yeah, I, you know what? Those uh, all sound good to me. No, we're going to get Becky and Bianca probably. Yeah, probably I don't know. So. Ronda and Flair, I don't know how you have a rematch after an I Quit match. Well, that, that's kind mean? of they're gonna they've, they've started feuds uh, with they're, the they're gonna cells, have, so. uh, somebody pass out and not actually say I quit, and that's going to be the argument. That means you quit. No, it's no. you have to say no. I quit. Not if you don't say it. Mm. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. see, again. Red Knight is thinking about this one. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're, we're thinking all the Charlotte ways. Mm-hmm. Somehow mm-hmm. she's leaving with the title. I, I stand with that. Good luck with that. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, I think, I think we're toward the end of this here, because that went a little longer, but I think that was very fun and worthwhile. The one... the. I finished it myself, but I, I wanted to say one last thing about it at the same time. I interrupted my own self. God damn it. I've interrupted everybody, I think, tonight, including me. The idea about the stadium shows and making some of these lesser ones, they have scaled back on some of them, too. Like, we only got one. We didn't get a fast lane. That's gone. We didn't get a TLC. That might do less of these, quote, lesser shows, which does help alleviate it a bit, right? Like, it, that could help, too. Oh, the takeover style of, like, four big shows a year. Like, I think that's, like, the god-tier way to do it. I'm fine with that. Here's my only question, though. Is Saudi considered a lower show? No. No. That's where they're replacing them with. Yeah, no, those are big. Like, they're taking out, like you said, well, uh, Fastlane is because we have well, a Saudi show. Well, no, hold on. Remember, now, we, we well, normally, we had Fastlane and Chamber and Saudi. This year, we just had Saudi, which was Chamber. And no fast lane, because it was Super Showdown in February. Remember, we used to get yeah. we used to get three of these damn things between Rumble and Mania, and now it's just one. Apparently, they're moving TLC to Saudi later this year. So, seems like they're trying to make those kind of replacements, which I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. So they, outside of the blood money, to be clear. If they, well, yeah, if they consolidate <laughs> some of these shows though, and there's less frivolous ones, that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. I don't hate that though. One of the biggest complaints I've heard about every single company is there's too much of it. But even if you like it, still there's too much. Oh god, it can be it can be daunting. So the idea that this is potentially scaling back even just a little bit, I remember. Bear me, we can go back to watching it back in the '90s when there wasn't a pay-per-view every month, and then there was, and then there were sometimes two a month, and it got insane. And that's from one company, and it's just been that way it, since. So yeah, it'll still be it more really, than one a month, but. <laughs> 
And it would help build better storylines. If you took down one show a month, which is basically what they're doing, and I'm not counting NXT, but one show a month, and you scale that down to 10, spread out some of the builds to these bigger shows. I mean, not even the uh, Rumble or Survivor Series. SummerSlam and uh, WrestleMania themselves get six weeks to build versus the normal four weeks. Like, there's ways to do this thing of building up the shows, and for a long time it felt like, and it may have had done a lot to do with COVID, where they needed big shows to keep the interest going every few weeks. Is now it, that we're back to live crowds, you don't really need that anymore. Is it different in America? Is there ten months in a year in America? Did you say ten? No, I said taken down twelve to ten. Okay. Sorry, because I was saying one a month still. <laughs> I was very confused for a second. No, no. I, I think well, you said lower them, so I'm thinking you think even less than year and do okay. ten. Yes. I mean, the the idea that they have more time to build towards shows used to be how it was before they did these. I don't think it would be any better than AEW does it, and I'm yeah, I'm going to harp on it a bit, but they've got all this time between like November and February, and they still built most of their February pay per view in February. I'm astonished that we got Hangman versus Punk announced for Double or Nothing in May. Announced in April, that was shocking to me. It's it, it, they not they didn't they've not been building this since February. They're building it now, and it's May, and it happens in May. Like they they don't do that, and this is historically how they are. They're going to build towards NXT specials like Spring Break, and, and if we got less pay per views or premium live events, I don't think the booking would change one bit. We'd still have the 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 story style but that that's a different topic altogether all you I have think. to do to look that up is just look at the last time the brand split like just a couple of years ago where the brand split was official and it was raw pay-per-view month later than smackdown pay-per-view then raw like it was every two months there was a pay-per-view mm-hmm. for a brand and that was barely okay no they well they changed that because originally it was every like two weeks there'd be a pay-per-view because they tried to run one each a month and then they scaled it back because it was too much it was still rough. Like every time yeah. they try to stretch it, it, if you are mad about rematches now on TV and then to a pay per view, it's worse with the spreading. It really I, is. I just can't imagine the hater of either company saying like, "Oh, the one problem with this is there's too many pay per views." Like, I, I don't think it would make it better, but like, no. it, in theoretically, if the booking was good, yes, it would help the good booking. <laughs> and that's that's the overall goal. Yeah taking pay-per-views down a few more less a year or premium live events that hurts peacock actually and they would not want that they would have to fill that in with something else of an event having a pay-per-view once a month is a big important thing to keep subscriptions going something contract also that they have to give x number of live events per Mm -hmm. year um I'm not shocked to see. Ta- I, I think having Takeover fill those spots would be good. Well, NXT, whatever it's called, but yeah, stand and deliver, or whatever they might be calling them now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't no, know. They could bring up the UK back too. You know, they haven't had a stand and deliver Takeover in forever. Yeah, it's going to be very much uh, this show in Wales will kickstart potentially more of that. You got to think to really do a hot shot show, big stadium show. I mean, I'll guarantee there's going to be a title change on that show. That's, that's their MO for 30 years. There's going to be something big there. Uh, maybe only 24-7, but you know what I mean. And it'll be fun, but... Yeah, that's a ways off still, and we're already building toward that. Like, SummerSlam's in August, we're already building toward that in Nashville, and yeah, it's going to be some insane stuff coming up. But uh, that's a topic for another time, I think, and we'll cut it there. 
as we go close to an hour and a half. This got this got long, but it was a fun one. Absolutely, guys. Thanks again for the discussion, and thanks again for listening, everybody. This has been Top of the Card, Top of the Card Pod on Twitter. It is available wherever you get your podcasts, on Apple, on Spotify, uh, all that availability there. And, of course, on our YouTube channel, it's the Frontline Prediction League. Go over there and you can see the stuff that Beer Me and I do. We'll be recording a trenches very soon for the Frontline Prediction League. Upcoming events there. Also, Frontline League on Twitter. Follow that and follow into our Discord to find out all the stuff for that as well. But thanks again, everybody. Have a good night. Did Sting use a lightsaber on Dynamite, or is this an edit? That's an edit. Okay. <laughs> that also happened. I hit record, and we got that in, so I'll save that for the end. That's funny. <laughs>